Hi, and welcome to the Defy the Norm podcast, episode 118, Breathwork and Why. Today, I'm going to be delving deep into why nomads and why we have used breathwork as such a massive modality to help people defy the norm and live their best life. But before we get into that, um, if you didn't know, and this is your first time to our podcast, my name is Victor Obledo, and almost nine years ago, my wife Robin and I decided to sell everything off and move into a classy motorhome with our five children. Well, nine years later, the lessons we have learned and the experiences we have have helped us to really help others defy the norm and give some secrets away, share some stories through our experiences, and help you to figure out how you can defy the norm in your life. So let's jump right in. Breathwork is something that on all of our platforms and all of our courses we use to help individuals heal. Now, it is the first touch, and it's really, really hot right now, and this is why I wanted to jump on and create a podcast about this. It's everywhere, and maybe it's just because of the algorithm in our, in our sites, but we're seeing it everywhere, and the science is already backing things that we knew when we started teaching this three years ago. And one of the big reasons I jumped into this three years ago is before Dorona is that I started seeing in myself and in the people I work with, I really wanted to help them even more. And with everything that was happening in the world, it literally rattled people to the bone. And I had already known, really I had known long ago when I opened my business, my brick and mortar in 1997, that I was doing something more than just workouts for people. I knew that I was providing an outlet, a backboard, um, for not even not only just talking and and listening wholehearted, but also for healing, because exercise and self care is a massive way to start working on the self. I knew that, but I started to go deeper down the rabbit hole. Why do people? Why are people struggling so much? And why can people not see the fact that they are literally making themselves sick and they cannot make the changes? in their life to make those changes happen, whether it's weight loss or battling an autoimmune or making a diet, sticking to a diet that makes them feel better. Why, why, why? I kept asking myself. And it didn't occur and happen until it ha- was happening to me. Now, when I was 35, and went through a massive, massive burnout. But during that time, I still threw a lot of science and understanding of physiology to help myself heal from that. But I didn't go deep into the subconscious, deep into this underlayer, this underflowing tempest of energy until uh, till, uh, the craziness occurred in the world. And so when Robin had told me that she basically said, hey, we're leaving California, this is nuts, we're going to go um, find a safer place to live, a place that so honors and respects our rights to work and raise our children the way we want. Um, we happened to take a house that a relative was renting and rented out of Montana until we... I packed up everything and talked to my clients like, hey, we're going to have to do this this way. There's no way I can I can be apart from my family for extended periods of time. Um, and so I it prompted me to get out of California. Well, I when I arrived in this home in Montana, 
I was an absolute mess on many levels, uh, mostly in a alerted level of fight or flight. I was in that rest or rest, was not spending any time in rest or restore. And because of that, my mind was somewhat hijacked. And I've talked about amygdala hijacks before. The amygdala is a part of the brain that is picking up threat. Well, during times of stress, and oddly enough, even in times of not stress, just perceived stress, the mind is wired to perceive things completely different and you cannot act out of your logical brain. And so that was essentially what was happening. So I kind of knew that and decided to put in some work. My family and I already had a mindfulness practice with meditation and yoga together that we did. But in general, I just saw yoga as another thing that I checked off the list that I want to just be really good at. It was, you know, yoga is stretching. I'm going to be really good at stretching. Uh, one day I did a yoga class and I realized that I was accessing something a little deeper. Um, you Yoga is really about breathing and getting in contact with that deeper self. And I realized there was something deeper going on in my meditations. I go, oh, there's something there. Wow. Wow. By the way, Robin, I would tell her, there is a whole undercurrent or river of anger and grief that I've never accessed and she was excited to hear that but to to pull that apart was completely different what would I do with it so I would sit in it and access it and sort of end up feeling like you're wallowing and that's sometimes the challenge especially as men in this society we're taught that those things to feel those things are bad and to feel those things can pull you away from your goals um i can honestly tell you that the opposite is true the better we can access that and heal from that the more bandwidth you're going to have for the people and the things around you the levels of joy you'll feel so i began to do this and do this more often and feel into that then we ended up going to a conference um where i did a mass group breath work we delved into some more active breath work um, the act of breath work was amazing for me. Jumping into ice bath was amazing for me. And then th- we did this group holotropic healing where we did a specific kind of breathing to a specific kind of music. And this is where the light bulb, the massive light bulb went up. Now, mind you, I'd already been working on digesting as much of Joe Dispenza and as much of Gabor Mate and getting into the root causes of disease um, and how the mind can impact health. All of a sudden, I'm in a group of probably in the neighborhood of 100 to 150 people doing this breath work. And I start to feel like, wait, I am out of control. What is going on? But at the end of that, what's more important, I was really able to access energetically what was being held in my body. Yes, what energetically is being held in the body. Remember, we have chakra points. We have energy points. Um, And... By doing this breathing, it allowed me to access it. So I knew right then and there I was going to change the way I dealt and worked with people from here on out and how I could even encompass even more of trauma healing into health because in the end, the root causes of disease can be linked completely to repressed emotion, repressed trauma, repressed programming, any way you want it, whatever word you want to use. If you get triggered by one word, guys, with any of this, I, I've, I've triggered more people with just using the word, do you know how to breathe? And people automatically come out of the woodwork like, you don't know what it's like to breathe. And you're telling me I'm breathing wrong. I can ride, ride a bike at this heart rate and this, this. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa calm down. All I'm talking about is breathing dysfunction. So your first touch into this oftentimes can be like, are you waking up rest restored? 
If you're not, there's a good chance at rest, your subconscious is certainly riding and controlling your mind. And if it's controlling your mind, your breathing is going to be off. I would venture to say that I test when people come into me or I am working meditations, nine out of 10 people have some type of breathing dysfunction. This means that instead of descent, opening up through the diaphragm and distending the abdomen at rest and inhale and exhaling and that moving in and out they're breathing in through their chest and shoulders while they're breathing which is a fight or flight breathing pattern if you have chronic tightness in your neck and shoulders and some in the back you're getting sometimes you're getting headaches it could be just because of breathing dysfunction that means that you've trained your body to be in this fight or flight state because you've perpetuated this long enough, guys, and you've done it for long enough, it's going to impact how you're thinking. So if you're looking to defy the norm, you're looking to enjoy your travels, you're looking to try something new that you can't get over, it might be as easy as starting with your diaphragm and breath work. In this podcast, I'll talk about my favorite ones that I use with people, but the individual stuff, you know, we all do as part of our courses, I tend to really work on the trauma side with a lot of my clients and reopening up those energetic pathways so that they can bring more into their life. Whereas Robin and Gabby and even Isabel are working on that projection forward. Like, all right, what are we going to do now that you have more bandwidth? So start to think a little bit about while you're sitting here, how am I breathing? Are you relaxed in the car? Are you sitting uh, doing 10 different things? Are you scrolling your phone while you're listening to podcasts? Are you multitasking beyond all and you can't stop yourself? Those are different levels of addiction that could be telling you you're addicted to dopamine. If you're addicted to dopamine and that hit, there's a good chance your breathing is off. And I used to see it actually, believe it or not, in Daniel, our oldest son. Uh, for a short period of time, he was quite into video games. And to some extent, I still think he plays it, which is completely fine. But I would notice that there was a complete shift um, when he was playing Call of Duty or any one of the shoot 'em up games. He was not in a calm or rest or restore because he was trying to do his best, but how long that would re, re how long he would retain that is what I'd notice. I'm like, hey, you got Xbox brain or you got PlayStation brain, go go for a run, go go exercise, go bounce on the trampoline. And that would bring him right. And what I think I was noticing is his breathing and his eyes um, would change. And it's okay when we're exercising. It's absolutely important that we have certain levels of intensity. I've certainly had my opinions on what's appropriate per person based on their stress. Um, but if you're doing a you know level two exercise, um, steady, slow state cardio, yeah, you are going to get into the, some shoulder breathing. But that should go away when you're not exercising. You should be in that rest to restore manner. Now, how does that impact health and wellness? Well, if you're someone who's struggling and you're eating right, and you're struggling to lose weight, you could have a breathing dysfunction because that impacts how you digest food. You're in fight or flight, you're gonna increase the permeability because you have this extra dump of cortisol in fight or flight, you increase permeability of your GI tract. So even if you're trying to be like, oh, I just wish I could travel or I wish I could go hiking or I wish I could go do a new sport, that extra level of stress on the body makes it like, oh, that's too much effort. And if you're, in the end, you'd have a damaged metabolism, a good way to start getting that metabolism online is making sure, just like a manual car, right? Shifting first, second, third, fourth, fifth, five being the hard, fifth gear is being the highest gear. You cannot live your life in fifth gear. You have to learn to shift it down to first. And you have to be aware of that. 
no no lies to yourself you could say like i'm good but your body and your your the quality of sleep that you're getting is saying not so good then that's just lying to yourself and you need to be able to shift into truth and figure out okay that's true i need to work on controlling this and that now another thing is that it could end up your endocrinology i tell people this all the time so if you're struggling to embrace this next evolution to defy the norm it could be that this breathing is impacting your cortisol anytime your cortisol if you're in fight or flight cortisol is up your testosterone and estrogen in women estrogen testosterone balance is going to be off your fertility is even going to be off for women because it messes up your progesterone estrogen um, spikes so real important to realize that breath work can have an impact on that especially if you're in chronic state of fight or flight so metabolism's impact and then the way you're thinking literally where the blood flow goes and where the flow of cerebrospinal fluid with a type of breath your your diaphragm is a pump so your diaphragm is a pump it's detoxing your organ systems and also the way you're breathing is going to want to draw energy up through through the frontal lobe where your your thoughts are clear where your logic where your logic is your rationality your creative energy if you're in fight or flight it's going to be hard to be extremely creative so those are the basic reasons um and i can go into greater detail i have some wonderful information i've created a whole youtube channel and a lots of, of our courses highlight that why is this important because breath work allows us to access the 95 percent of our thoughts that are they're having on this that we're having on the subconscious deep Trauma healing breath work is a little bit more challenging and often takes a practitioner to help you access it. But some of the simplest exercises that I use, so this is where you're paying attention. I'm going to demonstrate a few of these so that you can use them and practice them. The first thing I tend to do with people is connect them with their diaphragm. So while you're listening to this podcast, if you're one of our listeners, take your hands and place them over your navel. Slowly breathe in and distend into the hands. Exhale out, feel the navel come back into the spine. Breathe in, breathe out, keeping the eyes closed. As you keep the eyes closed and continue to find that rhythm while I'm speaking, connect with that movement of flow of the diaphragm. This is a calming, rest or restore breathing pattern. Now for many people that have been in fight or flight, just getting into this rat relaxed state can create a little level of anxiety. So if you feel any anxiety with a belly breath, just stop and go back to your normal breathing rate. But there's a clue there. If doing that makes you emotional, if doing that makes you yawn, if doing that makes you angry, if doing that makes you more anxious, there's a good chance you have some level of breathing dysfunction and just getting back into this relaxed state, the body isn't used to it. The body isn't used to relaxing. That's a problem. Okay, so belly breath is number one. The other one I use um, a lot and um, Certified Health Nut, I actually had uh, Troy Casey, I got a chance to meet him and my whole family did. Um, one of the most powerful things he did was go through a breath of fire with me, which left an amazing opportunity for me to start. Okay, I, this is the workout form. This is the commando version, as he calls it, of breath work. And uh, th this breath of fire allows me to use and access, give two minute little breaks for a lot of people that can really target the self and bring them to who they are. And a breath of fire is a short, choppy breath in and out the nose. It sounds like this. <laughs> Now, the secret with that one is your navel should pump in and out. And it naturally should do that a little bit as you do it. So we're going to give that a try. We'll take a cleansing breath, deep breath in with me. 
Exhale out. And then we'll begin. Exhale out. Hold. Five, four, three, two, one. Inhale in. Holding at the top. Five, four, three, two, one. Exhale out. That would be an example of a short set of breath of fire that I tend to use with a lot of clients to bring them, especially if I see in their eyes or, oh, they're not they're not here with me right now. They're at their work. They're at their stress points. They're worried about their family. All right, let's do a couple sets of breath of fire. Each person's set and volume, the music we use, the prompts that we use while I have them do that, that all varies. But those are these are here and accessible for you. And like anything, takes practice. So another one that I use is transformative, um, Wim Hof breathing. Wim Hof has done wonders for not only ice bath, but also breath work. He really brought that up to like, hey, breathing a certain way when you hit this water is super critical. But what I, I encourage you, if you do do uh, ice baths, bring a level of awareness to that ice bath. As you get in, what is the body telling you? And so that transformative breath that I use quite often is an inhale in through the nose for three. Exhale out through the mouth for three. You can do that with me. Last one, inhale in. Exhale out. Hold. Five, four, three, two, one, inhale in, holding at the top, five, four, three, two, one, emphatically exhale, slow in, slow out. Now, with any of these breath works, um, you can do them seated or lying. It is normal to get just a little bit woozy, especially that transformative. So do it lying or temperate for the sake of this podcast i want to make sure you can hear it through the audio so that you can practice it on your own those are three of my favorites the last one that i tend to use is that circular breath pattern this is the deeper work that we do and you know i've been doing this kind of breath work with people in some way shape or form to help them overcome and access the subconscious and in i in 100 percent of the cases actually i've only had one person that didn't feel like he was ready and he he ended up saying hey I'm not ready for this and and we've broached it since then but um, over the last three years and hundreds of these healings um, 100% of people have had this transformative moment and that circular breath pattern is much like the transformer but a little more gentle inhaling in for three exhaling out for three through the nose in for three out for three and the difference with that one is that there's no pause. We call it circular breath. Um, this is all accessible. If you look up holotropic breathing, um, it's a pretty heavy read, science read. Um, or you can access a lot more of our courses at bethehero.academy. You can see us on Nomads with a Purpose. You can individually email us um, and access a, a coaching call to teach you some of this. But why does this matter, guys? Why does this matter? Because you've been taught that health resides oftentimes in a doctor's office with a medication, right? In a doctor's office with the medication, the only way to access health at some point, 
Um, I had one individual who I work with who's a high-level um, performer. Um, and I'm not going to get into specifics names or what he does. High-level performer, extremely fit. And he was told that he should be on a medication per decade after 20. And so as we're 20, 30, 30 to 40, by the time you're 50, you should be on three medications. I'm like, this is preposterous. How is it? No, you're not supposed to be like that. I can tell you none of my children take medication. I don't, I'm not on any medication. Food is your medicine and breath work can be your medicine and your exercise movement is medicine. So if you understand that and you understand that you have the power to heal, you can go access um, you are the placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza to see the science behind the concept that you will heal with your mind. Then you realize that that we've been lied to. We've been lied to about our food. We've been lied to about um, health. We've been lied to about just about everything. And it's super important when you have the choice and you have this empowered ability to be like, I can do this. Whether it's I'm running, running a half marathon. I want to run a marathon. I get, I can be healthy. I can overcome my quotation fingers genes. Yes, absolutely. You can. I can tell you. And the power resides in the mind and with yourself. So if you're beginning a breathwork practice and you need some help, reach out. If you're looking for a protocol to start understanding breathwork and what it does, start off with any of the ones that resided. I usually teach people a few of them. There's there's a dozen more that I tend to use depending on personal situations. But the ones I highlighted in this podcast can make a massive difference. But like everything, it takes a little bit of practice. Set a time aside. Use a use music like a binaural beats that really doesn't have much word has many words or lyrics so that you can be drawn into the moment set your set your timer for five minutes and give it a try that is reasonable in many cases i have my clients set up three times two minutes a day just to become more mindful right the goal is to make life in some ways your meditation where you're observing yourself and choosing is this the person i want to be because you deserve the life of your dreams you deserve to defy the norm and and do new things and enjoy your life and have connections and i'll leave you with this that i used to tell myself when i know i was going through some stuff in my mid-30s and i knew i was dealing with some level of generational trauma and getting and getting over my own my own stuff that had happened to me in my childhood and and through um my youth it ends with me it ends with you it can end with you this is nothing that needs to be given or perpetuated to the next generation. So if you happen to be a man or a woman that is going through some stuff, it doesn't, and you find yourself, I know, you find yourself acting in a way that's like, ooh, yeah, this is acting out of a place that I don't want to be. Start with your breath work. Start taking that self-care a little bit further, and I promise you, you can live the life of your dreams. Until next time, be well.